This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning as we gather together in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The first reading is written in the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the third chapter of Romans. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped. The whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No. 
but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham. have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. We speak together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Christ is risen. Alleluia. The kingdom ours remaineth. Hear the words of our King. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you will indeed be free. These are the words of our text. God's grace and his mercy and his peace be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We want to be free. Someone once said that this life is an endless search for freedom. Children want to be free. Free from the rules that mom and dad make at home, free to make their own decision. And that drive to be free intensifies when they become teenagers. Happened for each one of us, didn't it, Tom? Yeah. But it doesn't stop there, does it? No. Because when we get older, we want even more freedom, don't we? 
We want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. And we don't want anyone telling us what to do. We don't want anyone bossing us around. We're Americans. We want to be free. Well, Jesus has a lot to say about freedom in our gospel reading today in John chapter 8. And he says that his word, his teaching, will make you free. And that the word of his truth, the truth of his word, will set you free. Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. How can Jesus do that? How can Jesus set you and me free? Well, Jesus is the word of God, isn't he? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Jesus is the Word of God dwelling among us. Jesus is the Word of God in human flesh. As the Word of God, Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth that you can see, truth that you can hear, truth that you can touch. And since the truth sets you free and Jesus is truth, then... Jesus really can set you free. That's what he says. If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Therefore, Jesus is freedom. Do you want to be free? Then Jesus is your ticket to true, lasting, eternal freedom. John chapter 8, Jesus is talking with people who believe in him. That's what St. John the Apostle tells us. The people who are listening to Jesus that day, they think that they are free. So when Jesus tells them that he is the truth, that he is freedom, they're not so sure about Jesus. And they say to Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we will be set free? We have never been slaves of anyone. Are they nuts? Are they delusional? Have they forgotten all of those years of slavery in Egypt so long ago? Have they forgotten wicked Pharaoh? Baby boys drowned in the Nile? Evil taskmasters making bricks without straw? Have they forgotten the Passover? Have they forgotten the Red Sea? What in the world are they talking about? What are they thinking when they say, we have never been slaves of anyone? How can you say that we shall be set free? Are these people living in a make-believe world? At that very moment, they are living under Roman occupation and Roman rule. They aren't free. Rome taxes them like crazy. Roman soldiers march through their streets. Roman spies keep track of what they say and what they do and where they go and when they meet. In fact, Pontius Pilate has set up in the temple in Jerusalem a tribute to Caesar. 
What are they thinking when they say, we have never been slaves to anyone? How can you say that we shall be set free? You'd kind of like to go up to them and go, hello, McFly, anybody in there? But they don't even realize the greatest slavery there is. They are completely oblivious to the worst slavery of all. They don't see the chains that bind every single person on earth, past, present, and future. And Jesus has to remind them and tell them and reveal to them the worst bondage of all. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The entire human race, every single person, you and me, we are slaves to sin. No one of us is free. Freedom was lost in the garden when Adam and Eve were deceived and disobeyed God. They believed that freedom would be found in being like God. But they were wrong and they made a bad choice. They rebelled. They thought they'd be free, but they became slaves. They were turned into slaves to sin, slaves to death, slaves to the power of the devil. In the first book of the Bible, in Genesis, Moses writes down these very sad and terrible words, this commentary upon all people. In Genesis 6, Moses writes, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his hearts was only evil all the time. That's not freedom. That slavery. St. Paul puts together a string of Old Testament passages and he talks about our slavery to sin. Listen. There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. The way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. He sums it all up in our epistle. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus sums it all up in John 8 for the people that day. And he says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. <clears throat> The people Jesus is talking to, they're not free. They're slaves to sin, and they don't even realize it. The God of this age, the devil, the prince of darkness, has blinded their minds completely, and they don't know the truth. They are sinners. They are slaves to sin. They aren't free But they tell Jesus, we are free. 
We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Now you would think, I mean, you would think that after Jesus reveals to them the truth, tells them of their slavery to sin, you would expect that they would say to Jesus, hmm, now that you mention it, you're right. You would think that they would say that. We were slaves in Egypt. We are slaves to Rome. We are slaves to sin. Thank you, Jesus. But they don't. Instead, they get into an argument with Jesus. And in the end, they reject him. And the rest of John chapter 8 is all about that rejection of the truth that Jesus brings and the freedom that Jesus offers. Jesus says, you are the children of the devil. And they say, Jesus, you're demon-possessed. Jesus says, you're not the descendants of Abraham. And they say to Jesus, you're a Samaritan and not a Jew. Jesus tells them that he is eternal and he is God. And they say, no. And they pick up stones to stone him to death. And Jesus slips away from them, and hides in the temple and gets away from the temple grounds where they want to stone him to death. Jesus is there to set them free, but they will have absolutely none of it. They will believe not one iota of it, and they show that they really are not the disciples of Jesus. If you hold to my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That is what it means to really be a disciple of Jesus. The word of God is truth. And Jesus is the word of God in flesh and blood. Jesus is the truth. His words are true. And his teachings can set you and me free from sin and death and the power of the devil. And if Jesus the Son sets you free, you will be free Indeed. Do you want to be free? Jesus is your freedom. Well, today is Reformation Sunday. We got to talk about Luther, right? So let's talk about Luther in light of these words of Jesus and freedom. Martin Luther was a miserable man, a mistaken monk. And in contrast with the people of Jesus' day in our text, Luther knew that he was a slave to sin. The Christian faith for Martin was all about obedience to God. His days and nights were filled with trying to please God. And Luther worked hard to earn God's favor by his righteous works. But the fasting and the vigils and the confessions of sins and the prayers and the good works, none of it worked. Luther could not find freedom for his soul. He was a slave to sin and he knew that God punished sinners. And so Luther hated God because he couldn't free himself from sin. Luther hated God because Martin couldn't be holy as God is holy. 
He knew that he would face God's judgment and he hated God. One day, this is what Luther wrote. He said, As a monk, I led an irreproachable life. Nevertheless, I felt that I was a sinner before God. My conscience was restless. He realized that he couldn't reconcile himself to God by his obedience and his work. It made him angry. He got angry at God and he hated God and he writes, Not only did I not love, but I actually hated the righteous God who punishes sinners. Luther was searching for freedom, but he couldn't find it. I need to know the prevailing understanding of salvation in Luther's day. It was this. It was that God's grace gave you the ability to become righteous before God. So your salvation was up to you. God got you going. But after that, you had to earn God's favor yourself. You had to obey, do good, stop sinning in order to earn your righteousness before God. And the Christian life was one of improving and progressing in your righteousness. And the better you were, the more obedient you were, well, you might, you just might be saved. But you could never be sure. You could never be sure that you were good enough, righteous enough, progressing enough to be saved and Therefore, you could never be certain of your salvation. You could never find true freedom. And it was a miserable life for Martin. And then it all changed. And Luther writes about it. Listen to this. Then finally God had mercy on me, and I began to understand that the righteousness of God is a gift of God not a work of man. In other words, God declares us righteous. He gives us Jesus' righteousness. And now God is pleased with us and faith believes. Faith believes that God is pleased with us in Christ. And finally, Martin understood the words of St. Paul, the righteous shall live by faith. And Luther writes, now I felt as though I had been reborn altogether and had entered paradise. Just as intensely as I had hated the expression, the righteousness of God, I now lovingly play, praised this most pleasant word, the righteousness of God. This passage of Paul became to me the very gate to paradise. Have you ever been where Luther was? Did you see the sweetness, the joy of the gospel? That's where Martin was. And Luther discovered that he no longer needed to look to his own works, his own behavior, his own obedience to determine his standing before God. He discovered that he had the righteousness of God now in Christ. And finally, Finally, Martin's conscience was at peace. Luther was free. The gospel taught Luther the truth, and the truth set Martin free. 
the gates of paradise were opened. His soul was refreshed, and he had new life in Christ. And he wrote wonderful words. A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill. They shall not overpower us. They shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word. Christ can fell him. Jesus set Martin free. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It's Reformation Sunday. Let's talk about you and me and our freedom in Christ. Do you want to be free? Jesus is your freedom. Right now, right here, that's the truth. It's true. You were born a slave to sin. You were under God's righteous judgment. You were a slave to sin and sold to an eternity in hell. And you were not free. But all of that has now changed. Now you are in Christ. You are redeemed by Jesus. And his blood covers the multitude of your sins. And his sacrifice on Calvary's cross takes away the sins of the world. And if the sins of the world are forgiven, then your sins are forgiven too. And in Christ, God is pleased with you. And that's the truth. And this truth sets you free. Free from sin's crushing fist. Free from death's icy grip. Free from the devil's enslaving snares. You no longer need to look to your own works, your own behavior, your own obedience to determine your righteousness before God. You are fully redeemed in Christ. You have the full righteousness of Christ now and your conscience can be at peace. At last you are free. Like Paul. Like Luther. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Hold to this teaching. Stand steadfast in this truth. Guard this salvation that is yours in Christ Jesus. Trust what Jesus says. Believe what the Jews of Jesus' day rejected. For Jesus, who began this good work in you, will bring it to completion the day when Jesus returns. Jesus is your freedom. And he says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And you are. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord, to life everlasting. Amen.
Let's sing together the offertory, Create in me a clean heart. Jesus, teach us to pray as you taught your disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.